so something that we see a lot of, uh, honestly, there are a lot of business owners out there that can't grow because they can't grow outside themselves. Yeah. And Ooh, wait, uh, uh, say that one more time. They can't grow because they can't grow outside themselves. Hey, I'm Michael Panic, And I'm Michael Ray. And, and we're, we're the, the Michaels. Michaels. We worked together for eight years and through many hopeful and hopeless situations. Today, we each work jobs we love and enjoy life every day. During our time as co-workers, we ignored a lot of warning signs, which eventually caused issues in our personal lives, affecting family and friends. Our work-life balance was out of whack, and we didn't even know it. This podcast is all about recognizing potential issues and advice on how to correct your course of life and work. This, this is Work-Life work Balance. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 11 of Work-Life Balance. Um, real quick, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, we've been looking over some numbers, and, and it's just awesome, the response. And uh, we've been getting emails. We've been getting really good response overall, and it's just super encouraging. I'm so glad that we can offer something to you and help you out, I hope. And, uh, and just, it's very encouraging, very positive to, uh, to get you know, good feedback. And I don't know, I'm just giddy. I'm just beside myself and I, it means a lot. I think what Panic's really saying is that we actually have gotten emails from people that we don't know yeah, uh, at all. And they're asking for advice on things and it's, Really cool. It is really cool. And uh, what you guys heard in the previous episode with Tess, there's some validation that we got out of the episode, too, where we we actually had a professional basically say that you should be doing these things and you should be thinking about this way. Right, Tess, did you listen to all the other episodes? Because (laughs) This is the advice we give. Because this is very similar, uh, which is just exciting to us because – Honestly, our goal with this podcast is just to help people, and Definitely. we're actually seeing some of that now, which is awesome. Yep. It really is. Uh, so we're very excited about that. But hey, let, let's get into that episode 11. What, what's the title? Title of today's episode is I Only Need Me. And so we're going to be looking at um, some of the worst kind of uh, founders, bosses, even coworkers, even managers, and that's the people who are just fully self-reliant, quote unquote. They think that uh, they only need themselves. They only answer to themselves. Uh, they're above the law, above the world, whatever. Uh, we're going to talk about some some serious warning signs here. Um, and this is another one where I want you to really question yourself. This might get a little heavy hitting. Um, I know we've had one or two of those in the past, but you might have to really question your motives, question yourself on this one. And it's okay to do that. Remember that, you know, if you catch yourself um, doing something toxic or bad, it's okay to correct it, but you should correct it. It's okay to catch yourself. Just just be better. Um, so let me go ahead. Let's kick us off with one of the major warning signs of being a, a self, quote, self-reliant. And actually, no, 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 no. Hang on. Before we get into that, let me say that self-reliance can be a good thing and it can also be a bad thing okay it's there's it's, a place for it there's a place for it and it's a balance but uh being self-reliant to the point that you won't listen to reason or listen to anyone else ever that's the kind of uh thing that we're talking about that you know i don't i only need me and nobody else sort of mentality so with that let me jump in 
Uh, first one we have here is that they are chasing a solution to a non-existent problem. And that is something that's been pretty near and dear to my heart lately. Um, and Michael and I have experienced this a lot. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about some of the non-existent problems we've seen people try to solve? Well, I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think of the best one at the moment, but really, I don't know. Like, in the world that we were in before, we had lots of people try to come up and have these great ideas and these things that they were trying to solve, and it's kind of like, well, um, why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, asking the heavy questions. I mean, it sounds stupid, but the the one uh, word question why can break somebody down really fast and mm-hmm. when they're stumbling across the answer you know you're onto something like oh they didn't think about this very far did yep. they i mean we've seen some where we were actually building something that basically was trying to have its own version of facebook and different things like that but in a local world it was very bizarre. Yeah, very uh, like basically and and that's the biggest thing I think you encounter in tech is people building variations on a theme, you know. Like yeah, this guy was basically looking to build a local Facebook, like like a a variation of Facebook, but it's still Facebook. It's still solving the problems that Facebook solves in the way that Facebook solves them, i.e. it's not a very good idea because it's already been Well, and this is something that you see a lot of in business where people like business fade away because they don't uh, look outside their walls and see what the world's doing. Yeah. Um, I actually heard a really great example this morning of where and this is a true example of people just not listening. And basically, apparently, there used to be a very successful, very profitable company that made mechanical calculators. Think about calculators. There, there were mechanical ones before there were our typical mm-hmm. electronic ones. Well, they uh, when the electron when computers started coming out, they're like, oh, that's a fad. It'll never work. <laughs> well, obviously that mechan and that mechanical calculator company was very uh, had a lot of made a lot of money, but then once they ignored the industry shift they're dead nobody knows who they are anymore it's just a, it's a history book thing now. yeah and i think you know obviously like panic and i we come we're, we're in a tech related industry so we see this a lot oh yeah uh because technology i mean we all know this technology where it was five years ago to where it is now is completely different problems that were once a really big deal is now solved easily think about the simple thing is like wi-fi how challenging Wi-Fi was to even have connecting. Now you literally can't walk anywhere. With, now the challenge is trying to get somewhere without Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get away from it. Trying so, to do. But no, uh, but going back to this warning sign, chasing a solution to a non-existent problem, basically they're ignoring everyone telling them, like, you're wasting your time, you're, uh, this has already been solved, or this is something that's, there's, even if you did have a better solution, nobody's going to use it. Um, yeah. because they don't need to. And because well, sometimes a better solution isn't always the best solution. Exactly. And and the example that you brought up is a really good one. Um, and like always, we're going to be tasteful. We're not going to – I'm going to be very vague, but just get to the, the heart of it. And so this person, um, you know, yeah, basically they were trying to build kind of a, a 
pretty much a social network, Facebook type thing um, with without a lot of real value. And they were very beyond just the fact that, you know, hey, nobody needs this or wants this and you're dumping money into it. Beyond that, uh, it's you could tell that they were a very, you know, I only need me kind of person because at one point they had a co-founder type person in their life that would uh, come to the meetings and was very much the voice of reason. You know, when a lot of things would start to get off the rail, this person would jump in and be like, Hey, let's, uh, let's not get too far away, you know? And then I remember distinctly, there was one meeting where that, that person, pers- was that person was not there, and the founder, whatever, just changed. Was just totally different person. And you, I, I'm gonna go ahead and safely assume that they asked the co-founder not to be there so that they could. Like, or they never told him about the meeting. Or never told him about it so that they could strong arm their way into a whole mess that it became. But I mean. Again, I think this person was like, oh, I, I can do this by myself, and this person's holding me back from my vision and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, and I – and so something that we see a lot of uh, – honestly, there are a lot of business owners out there that can't grow because they can't grow outside themselves. Yeah. And – Ooh, wait. Uh, uh, say that one more time. They can't grow because they can't grow outside themselves. Yes. Hey, I actually Woo. remembered it too. But Dang. You, but I recorded it on the podcast. I want, I want that. Cro- <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it again. Cross stitch that over my hearth. That is beautiful. Beautiful. We're should, gonna, we, yeah. should we time stamp that one or something? We should. That's one to <laughs> hang on. I am. I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to write that down because I like it that much. That's a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful thing to think about, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and that's something that a lot of uh to me, a lot of entrepreneurs, they go from that solopreneur mentality to that full-blown, let's build this beyond just me. Uh, and that's a hard thing to do because you, our natural tendency is to take care of ourselves and we know best. Like, we have to fight that mentality because yeah, a lot we, of people do. We, we don't know best. We know enough or a little bit or whatever you want to call it. But ultimately, we don't know enough to be experts at everything. And we just can't. Like, it's not like saying you, you're you dumb. It's more saying, like, you just don't have the time or the capacity. Because things take time. Things take mm-hmm. effort. Things take energy. Uh, I mean, my goodness, if you if Steve Jobs was, didn't listen to anybody 100% and just ignored everybody and thought he could do it all himself, Apple would be non-existent. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's a good example because we love to hear these stories about, like, oh, Steve Jobs was a jerk, but he got results and he went his own way and he made it for himself. The fact is, no, he did not. I mean, there were definitely those stories where he played big boss man and, like, told people what they were going to do. And he had some incredible vision. Um, and so it worked. But, man, I mean... The thing is, like, without Waz telling Steve Jobs, like, hey, this cannot be done or we're not going to do this. Or we're going to take this direction in those early days. You're right. It would have collapsed because he was so self-confident. But he he was self-confident and he was driven and he was motivated and he was going to do his own thing. But he still stopped to listen to the voice of reason. And that's how he built eventually the world's first trillion dollar company. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's most valuable company in the world. That's what it takes is knowing is being confident in yourself and trusting your your vision and your passion, but knowing when to uh, 
uh, listen. So, like, my mentality is this. If one person comes to me and tells me something, like, criticizes me, says, hey, man, you're, you're screwing up. This is dumb. You need to, This is bad. I would take into account who they are, their standing uh, with me and what they tend to think of me. If it's somebody that hates me, I'm not going to take much stock in that. If it's somebody that does the same thing and I feel like they're compensating, I'm going to be hesitant. If it's somebody who, you, you know what I mean. Um, but then if two people come to me with the same thing, kind of no matter what they, who they are, what they are to me, and they give me the same thing, and they're not like just, you know, echo chamber best friends. You know, if two random people came to me and told me the same thing, no matter what I think about them, I'm going to stop and question myself. You have to. You have to stop and say, why are multiple people telling me that this is a bad thing, a bad idea, whatever? Um, and one thing that I put here, because I love this this quote, uh, when you're chasing a solution to a non-existent problem, it's like selling water at the sinking of the Titanic. <laughs> you know? Uh, somebody's going to stop and say, hey, mate, we got plenty of water. Um, but there's going to be somebody doing it. And it just all leads to, to no real progress. You're, you're not making progress. You, you can think you are. Um, because but, you're or, determined and you're going your own way and blah, blah, blah. Or you're working for someone and there's no real progress being made. Or the company that you're working for, you're, you gotta, sometimes you got to question why we do what we do. Oh, yeah. And this is that part of, it's like why the selling water at the sinking of the Titanic. I mean, you don't want to be working for that company because nobody's going to buy. Right. And it, it sounds stupid, but you can easily apply that same mentality to – why do you work for, I mean, I've used this in the past, this, uh, probably the last episode, but essentially, why would you work for a company that made phones for inside the house that no one's going to buy anymore? Yeah. Or or like the mechanical calculator. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy it. Why would you do that? Um, and you have to examine that. You know, are you working for a company? Because companies, they la- they may outlast, they may last longer than you think they should because of just the determination of the owner trying to beat down this path that's completely dead um, and needs to be diverted because a lot of companies, they are not the same that they were five years ago because they saw, they looked at the future and saw what was coming and started making adjustments then because they were experts and they started losing that. Now they got to become experts again. Yeah. And Uh, sometimes, you know, I think, I think for a lot of people, um, this, this issue is because, and Tess talked about this in our last episode a little bit, kind of related, uh, is that you are spending so much of your life, so much time trying to do this thing that it's really hard to let go of it, right? Uh, Michael, I think you told me, yeah, I know you did. You told me the story of maybe your professor or maybe your professor knew somebody that um, they were in grocery stores. They had a chain of grocery stores, and they saw Walmart coming, right? And yeah, they were like... it was fascinating. So I had a professor, uh, love him to death. Like, he was, I really enjoyed his class. But, uh, no, he actually, uh, he didn't own grocery stores. He owned the distribution right, yeah. uh, centers for grocery stores. So basically, like, his biggest client was Kroger. And so Kroger would come to him to buy groceries from the filter stores. Well, he could see, he saw when he, he, I remember him telling us, he said back in the nineties when he saw Walmart taking and putting a grocery store attached to a Walmart, he's like, Oh, this is a game changer. And he saw it like one store back in like early mid nineties or whatever it was. And he's like, okay, I got to make, this is, this is going to change everything. So what he did, he's like, all right, I got to get out, but I got to do it smart. 
So he built his company up as much as quickly as he could, bought up other small companies, and then turned around and sold his company as fast as he could to a larger company. And then Walmart hit like five years later, and it destroyed all of that mm -hmm. distribution system. But the thing is, why I love that story is because this is a man who built his whole career building this distribution company, right? Mm -hmm. And he got rid of it in like two years, probably? Less than five, I think. Because he... And there's no shame in that. He 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 read the room. He saw the signs. He knew what was coming, and he got out. And he did right by himself and by everybody he worked for. I mean, he he did the right thing. You know, he he took care of himself, and he wasn't he was self reliant in the best kind of way. Mm -hmm. He listened to the market, um, and not just to his own like internal lies that say, well, I've built this company and it's big and it's, it's important. Never, if, and I'll save, you know, I'm, I'm going to save it. I'm going to be, we're, we're going to beat them. We're going to beat them at their own game. Uh, let me say, uh, Walmart, shout out to you. You're not going to beat Amazon period. You are not going to, I, I don't, that kills me, but like Walmart's not going to beat Amazon. And unless there's like massive government regulation that comes down, that's the only thing that can stop Amazon, but Walmart's not going to do it. They're, pickup delivery thing is not going to do it. Their focus on online shopping is not going to do it. We're still buying more from Amazon. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you've got to keep the ship afloat sometimes just enough, but you, you've got to listen to the market and you got to listen to other people. And, um, and I'll say this too. It's a stressful place. If you work for a company and they're producing a solution to a dead problem, it's extremely stressful because it becomes like if you're in sales, it's harder and harder to make the next sale because there's a better solution that's being sold and you're having to fight that. Uh, if you're in sales and you're finding that people are like saying, well, I can just do this now. Well, yeah, that's great, but you should use us. Well, why? You know, I mean, obviously you get that. What's your value prop? Yeah. And so it's extremely stressful. Like uh, it's one of those where you fight and fight and fight but the industry's moved on and you're just wasting energy and time and you're just, you're just trying to keep a dead horse alive and it's not going to happen. Yeah. And so you gotta be real careful uh, when you're in a company that you, they're and they have an antiquated product. That's just not going to change. Right. I mean, when it's dead, it's dead and you got to move on. And a good sign of that is our next uh, warning sign is somebody leading a company that, so self only I only need me is that you're probably going to be losing money, right? If somebody that's almost uh, like a not even a warning sign, it's more like a uh, byproduct of being so focused on what I believe and what I think and what it you know without without good reason, you're probably losing money because you're probably chasing the dead horse and you know it well, it, it ain't it, going pay out and it's, it's it's going down with the sinking ship yep and saying the captain's like we, we will afloat again yeah we know it's underwater at this point also would you like to buy a bottle of water yeah exactly <laughs> but no it, it's it's something that people don't realize that okay it's it's okay to lose money from time to time that especially if you're starting out if you're like a small company and you're whole thing is based on future value you got to build a user base now well we're not talking about that we're talking about you've been around for five years and you're just losing money and you're not adapting. That's like, I guess adaptability is what we're talking about. Yeah, honestly. And, uh, and also I would say to just as a note, um, 
if you are going to start a company and you want it to be your primary income, be prepared to not pay yourself for at least a year or more or two or more. But keep that in mind. If you're like, oh, I'm going to start this company, it's going to be my only income for household income. Be prepared not to pay yourself for it. Because I'll say this, a good owner doesn't pay himself first, pays himself last. Absolutely. Every single time. And I think forever. I I think that yeah. like the CEO of a Fortune 500 should be the last thing paid. Especially, uh, especially their bonuses. Oh, my gosh, yes. But I'm talking about just salary. I, mean, I think a yeah. good owner pays himself last. Yeah, I've, like, I've heard of – I had a, a local friend, and during the – uh, 2009, 2010, uh, things were bad. And so, but he had it set up where he would pay his workers and he didn't pay himself for months, almost or maybe a year, but he was prepared for it, but he never paid himself because he wanted to keep his people in place because yeah. uh, he relied on them. And the question is this, how many of those people quit? None of them. None of them. No. Of course not. How many people quit their jobs during that recession? A lot of them. How many were fired? A lot of them. Mm-hmm. But if you're paying yourself last and you're taking care of your people, you've got some good workers for life. I mean, they're going to be singing your praises when you're dead. So it's way more important. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a business. Your goal is to make money. Um, but your goal is for your company to make money. And if it's losing money, especially because of you and your bullheaded ways, you better be paying your people last. Uh, first and you better be paying yourself last every single time every time so uh next uh warning sign that we have here is this one is interesting to me because honestly when you have somebody that thinks this way it's never going to end well just straight up so this but to listen carefully this warning sign they don't fail in their eyes Yep. They don't fail in their eyes. They're never wrong. They've never failed. Everything is a success. They hide all the cuts and scrapes and bruises, brush it off, and in their eyes, everything is an absolute win. And they're like sitting there, well, I'm waiting uh, to do this part first because I'm waiting for you to fail, and I can fix this because yeah. I can't fail. And Come in and play hero. Yeah, but... No, they don't fail in their eyes. That uh, it's one of those things because if you have a owner, leader, manager, whoever you want to call it, someone that's above you that's dictating to you, if they can accept, they if they can't say, "Oh, I screwed up," but they can blame you every single day, oh, every time. That's a terrible situation because you'll never win in the sense of they'll never ex- like. Oh man, like just thinking about how. Uh, it's we when Pentagon had situation where it wasn't okay because we didn't do something, but then if the owner didn't do it, it was fine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just you know, if you drop the ball, it's the end of the world. If I drop the ball, it was intentional or it was planned. I didn't. I meant to do that. That's the biggest. That's the biggest one, right? Is like, you know, oh, I, I'm I, I meant to do that. I'm that was purposeful. You know, it's like when somebody's on stage and they. F- totally fail at whatever they're trying to do. And they're like, Oh, that was uh, for comedic effect. That was, yeah. I mean, I totally meant to do that. Or like when somebody's shooting pool and they like get some crazy shot accidentally, it's like, Oh yeah, that was, that was what I was going for. It's like, no, it wasn't. It was a happy accident. No, it wasn't. You just screwed up. It's okay. It's totally okay to screw up. But uh, the people that can't ever admit that they have failed. And then the, the, the backup excuse you'll hear a lot is like, 
oh, well, you just don't understand my vision, right? It's like, it's like, what are we doing? We're, I mean, again, it's like, uh, so captain, I don't, I don't get what's going on here, but the the ship is sinking and, and we're still selling bottled water to people, but I don't, and they you don't look very, us to go straight into the iceberg. Yeah. And they don't look very thirsty and they don't seem happy. No, 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 no. It's part of my vision. Like, well, I don't know, man. We, we kind of hit an iceberg. It's all part of it. It's just a process. It's this part of my vision. It's like, ah, your vision sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, working. And, and even on the other side of that, um, if you actually call some, call them out on their failure and they explode oh, on you, yeah. where if you're basically telling them, hey, you know, we're in this mess because of what you did, right? No, it's not. No, 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 no. no that... We're in this mess because you made this mess. Oh, oh, what's the... Mm, we have a story about this. I know we do. Somebody... Uh, yeah, what's the one? You know exactly what I'm talking about. They blamed the market shifting or they blamed... Ev- like, everything else had just changed and it wasn't what they did. I'm what is it? drawing a blank at the moment. Oh, gosh. It's going to drive me nuts. I, you, I think maybe you told me this story. Somebody... Uh, just like to the end of their days, blamed the the sh- the change, like the market changing, the the world around them changing. Uh, man, maybe we'll come back to you. Maybe it will. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. If it comes back, I'll I'll pop right out. Sorry, but, audience. We just <laughs> dropped that ball really hard. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, anybody who would look around and be like, um, it's. Uh, oh, well, here's a good quote for you, a movie quote, when I, I love to throw these in. Um, if anybody who's ever seen Sunset Boulevard, there's the the moment where she says, it's uh, it's the pictures that got small, where she's blaming, uh, she's like this classic uh, silent film actress who blames her failing career, not on her age. You know, she was once a beauty and a screen star, and she's not anymore. And she, she blames that the, the industry changed. The movies aren't big and grandiose and can't handle a star like her anymore. And so it's, it's the pictures that got small. That's a great... Um, and also, it's getting into the age of television. That line is so good, because it's talking about literally mm-hmm. small into television format, but, you know, not as grand scale. And any time that you're sitting around blaming something you can't change um and you're saying that's your your problem no 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 you're your problem change yourself oh, yeah. uh, especially if it's your market your industry you know I, I don't know what else what else could i have possibly done i mean i was you know we were selling mechanical calculators and then <laughs> these computers came along and just tanked us and what could we have possibly done i don't understand you could have made we had these millions, computers. millions what of you... dollars of resources <laughs> we're what? cranking out mechanical calculators <laughs> like oh, make computers i mean it's I, it's i know it's easier said than done but oh, like yeah. business is easier said than done and so uh, let me make this a little more relevant to our our average listener i think it, if you are working for a company that's sitting around saying like, well, you know, we're just failing. Uh, just it's keep, a newspaper. Just, Nobody's just, reading newspapers just keep anymore. Doing what we do. We're just going to keep doing what we do. It'll come back around. We don't have to. I'm going to strike a nerve. We don't have to be the best. We have to be the last one. 
doing it. <laughs> you remember that? You ever heard that? Anybody ever heard that? Kind of outlast everybody. Well, there's nobody to talk to anymore. Yeah, we got to just outlast everybody. Well, that's a cute <laughs> idea, but man, you're going to outlast everybody because everybody else has moved on to doing the thing everybody wants. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, we're going to be the last people. We're going to be the only company in the world selling mechanical calculators. We're going to be the last one on this island because everyone else went over to the other island. Yeah, it just doesn't. Uh, <laughs> they all got just... on the ship. We just stayed on the island. <laughs> Help will come. It'll come. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Keep selling the coconuts. Hey, listen, think about it this way. If we're the only ones on this island, when the plane comes, there's no worry about them not having enough room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they'll come to our island for sure. Let's move on. This is uh, this is getting too. <laughs> I hope you get our drift. Like it's so stupid to ever, ever, um, you know, f- these these people that feel like they can't fail. And if you are working with for or you are somebody who feels like you can't fail or never expresses and explains your failures, you're a fake. Period. The truth is is admitting when you fail and like. I hope that nobody listens to this show Think and about, thinks that hope, we're like perfect. I want to say I hope nobody listens to this show and thinks that we just have perfect careers and we do everything right and we're just great. We, we did be- so much wrong that we had to start a podcast <laughs> to talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We screwed up so much that we just want to talk to you about the ways we screwed up. And I would say this too. I I challenge you, uh, audience, that think about the last time you actually admitted you failed. Yeah. Don't and and school doesn't count. <laughs> Sorry, but no. Think about if you're in business and you're working for someone. When was the last time you admit, "Oh, I screwed up real bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna fix the problem that I screwed up." Blah blah blah. And you just openly admit it and take complete ownership of it. Think about the last time you did that. If you can't think of a time. You have other things to think about because yeah. at that point, if you can't think of any time you've ever admit failure. You're probably known as the person that you don't want to work with or work for because they're never going to take fault for anything and yep. they're going to blame everything else. Oh yeah. When you find you only need you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where you find that uh when someone just blame if you if you run into somebody that like yeah, that would have worked, but if this didn't happen, you know, that constant like, no, it 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 didn't work because it was your own dang fault. I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. Exactly. That no, he didn't get away with it because he didn't think it through all the way. I mean, it's just that simple. But no, I mean, I've really this is important because there are so many people that drag other people through the mud for their own mistake. And when you're dragged that far and that long in the mud, you become people like us that we didn't know what was mud and what was normal or what was whatever because we just accepted the blame for all the mistakes that were made even though there were lots that weren't our mistakes by any stretch probably not we just had to fix the other person's mistake every time we we had to take responsibility or nobody would we just had to get stuff done right and there's a place for it there's a place you gotta gotta get stuff done gotta keep moving forward but if, if your boss your leader is forcing you to fix their problems every single time uh, because they just they don't think they're problems. They don't, yeah. They don't think they made the problem. They just they're think always right. They're always right. They only need themselves, even though you're the fixer for all their problems. That's the great irony of a person who's this way. That's like, I only need me. 
Well, the thing is, they probably need other people more than anybody else, right? Because they need that balance. And they also rely on other people for everything. They just take the credit for everything people do for them. Mm-hmm. So they see themselves as, oh, I've done it all. I can do anything. I am. I only need me. They don't realize how little they tend to do. And, and that's so prevalent. I mean, you will run into these kinds of people all the time. And I think that's the vicious cycle is they see uh, all the things other people do for them and they take the credit for it in such an internalized way that they see themselves as hyper productive, hyper successful, and that they only need themselves. And, and then the irony is they'll drive those people away. They'll be on their own. And then they don't know what to do deep down. And they'll usually find more whipping posts eventually. <laughs> um, let's see. So they also, and this is, this is one we're talking about. They like to abandon or cut out people who challenge them or their vision. So going back to that first example, um, you know, the guy kind of like cut his co-founder out entirely. Uh, I mean, as far as I know, there were actually, there were two, weren't there? There was like the co-founder and then like an operations manager. And which, suddenly, which we, we only met one time. Yeah. And he was great too. He seemed very level and like, you know, wanted to understand the vision of this new company and like really wanted to, to help make it happen. But then when things weren't going the founder's way, all of a sudden it was just us and him and he just cut everybody out. I would even say to uh, going back just a little bit to I don't fail. You probably have actually seen people post on Facebook, this woe is me mentality of why can't, like, why does everybody not understand my whatever? And you've probably seen posts on social media about things like that. And then in, you go into the comments, and they're sitting there defending every question mm-hmm. that's ever made. So I just thought about that in general as kind of mind. But, yeah. No, man, go on. But I was just thinking about, like, there are just people that don't get it. Like, they're in their own little bubble, and they're killing everybody around them yeah. because they – they're not listening. People like to be listened to. And so, and here's, here's a quick uh, thing. Business owners, listen to your people to take action on when they have good suggestions and give feedback. Yeah. And because, basic Dale Carnegie stuff here, basic, how to win friends and influence people. Um, go ahead and I'll, I'll give it. Well, I just think because when you do all that, you give them empowerment, you get them to get involved and then your company grows organically and it's not relying on you anymore because a company should never rely on one person because it's not a company. It's a one person show, honestly. And I'm a huge believer in that. And if you want to litmus test yourself real quick, go on vacation for two weeks and see if your company is still doing just as good without you. Because if it's not, you got problems or if it is, except for one department, you know where your priority (laughs) is now. (laughs) Go fix that one department. So they don't need you anymore. Right. Your goal is to work yourself out of a job because you've trained and educated and documented your expertise, your processes and who you are to the point where it can be replicated better than what you could have ever done yourself. But again, irony, again, these kinds of people, they don't want that. They like people looking to them as the hero and the savior and they want to be, well, I guess if I wasn't here, we'd all be screwed. We'd just be screwed without me. No, we wouldn't. Go ahead. Go on. Nobody asked you. Like, that's what your people are saying behind your back. I promise you that. But it's, yeah, there's no, it's so cyclic. And the question really becomes is like, how could you ever break somebody out of a cycle if they think they only need themselves and they take credit for what everybody else does and they, uh, 
you know, you know, and and they don't really want to be out of their cycle. How do you deal with them? And of course, you know, the format. We will get to some of that in a minute. Um, but here's another thing: people like that. They think that they are just perfect the way that they are. And you will a good warning sign is somebody who has not seen any personal growth in years. Or just, or just here's an even simpler version of that: if they keep giving this one story of this example over and over again, that's uh, and if you ask them, when does this happen? And if it's like 10, 15, 20 years ago, and they have no other story to add to that, or they have really nothing to reference, no, you know, I've always said that, but you know what? I finally experienced this, and it's a little different now. Yeah. Or if, if your person is telling you the same thing over and over and over again, and literally nothing is changing, nothing is getting better, and it's only getting worse, and you can, and if they're a hundred percent predictable on what they're going to say and do, that's a big problem because a company and just a person in general, you're always adjusting and growing and getting better. You're always taking on mistakes and getting better, taking the failures and, and learning from them and not just stuck in a hole and saying, well, this is the only failures I've ever had. This is all I need to know. And I can, I can take this and run with it for 10 years and never think about it again. Yep. And that's, that's a problem, but that's reality for a lot of people. And I'm not going to call anybody out, but holy crap, baby boomers, you're the worst about this. You are. I, that was a joke. I'm calling you out big time because, <laughs> oh my gosh, they're so bad about it. They listen, your, your, your greatest generation parents. Cool. Like they had their stories, but you know what? Their stories were not, like, imagine if if your dad only ever told you that one story from World War II. That was it. That was all you ever got. That was his only example for life. That's what a lot of baby boomers do. And I'm not saying this is not just a boomer problem, but it's pretty prevalent there. So many uh, people, though, they'll, they'll sit on these same tired stories because they've not experienced anything new in life like you're talking about. And so there's no personal growth. They're not changing. They're not growing. They're not expanding. Or they're so afraid of that one scenario, they're afraid to go back right. and try it again or try something different. Yep. And, I mean, again, when you're so bullheaded that you think that one time you experienced one thing is enough to give you a personality and a prowess for the rest of your life, you're not fit to be a business leader. You're not fit to be a leader of any kind, like of any kind, like a parent or, a, you know, a any kind of leader you should be on your own but it sounds to me like that's pretty much what you want you're just fine on your own you don't need anybody so go do your thing go on go ahead do your thing but um it just that mentality just kills me and people who aren't constantly seeking personal growth like and i don't mean in big you know not, not like reinvent yourself to your core every five years but like seek growth if you can tell somebody is not be better than growth, last year be better than last year and it may not time. be in everything it may be in one one thing, thing but learn and be better you, your life it should be every every day every week every month every year a learning experience like I you really have, agree you have to go through different experiences in life to learn from them you have to be okay with failure to learn from it. Yep. You can't necessarily learn from success because if you had success, it means you already knew how to get success. But you had failure, you can actually say, that didn't work. Maybe I should do this. Right, and that success has to come from the failures. Exactly. So, yeah, please, 
when it comes to personal growth, and sometimes personal growth can be as simple as listening to a podcast. Not necessarily ours, but hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening. But no, listen to podcasts that challenge you in what you're doing or teach you things that you're not very good at. I mean, my goodness, if you say that I will never be good at this, well, reality is you may not be like amazing at it, but if you actually like, made the effort and try it long enough, you're like, yeah, hey, same. I'm halfway decent. Yeah. My, if, if you went back um, five years ago with the wedding photography side, like with my wife, it was like, we don't, we didn't know what we were doing. And now, and now you look at it now, you're like, oh, we got, we actually, not I was like experts, but we're like, we're very good at what we're doing yeah, now definitely. all of a sudden now. And so. Well, uh, Michael, if I told you a year ago that we were going to be doing a podcast, would you. No. Like that you were going to be on a podcast. You and would I, say no. Cause no you were I'd pretty, say, yeah, I would have done one episode and I said, never going to do that again. You're pretty down on yourself. Like, I don't, I don't really know why, but you seemed pretty like not for it. Not that I had to force you, but you were very hesitant to do this. And you're mm-hmm. very, I, I think you're very good at it. I think it's a very natural well, thing for you now. I would say like my, the biggest stumbling block to me has been, uh, I have a low tone voice and I have to, and I'm on the phone every day talking talking to new people and there's always what was your name again can you how did you say that and so it's like ingrained in my mind but i've gotten better with it um and yes you are getting my customer service voice which i make a joke about (laughs) it is (coughs) which er i am sorry to break it to everybody has a customer service voice which all i'm saying is that it's that higher more fluent tone oh yeah definitely would you like me to use mine yeah exactly Yeah, i'd be glad to sure absolutely hey listen that's no problem at all no you're fine don't worry about it <laughs> i hate my customer service voice <laughs> but everybody's got one <laughs> everybody's got one they really do because they're trying to impress or trying to uh-huh. be the best they can be right oh yeah anyway so the next point that we have is really similar to this one. So there's no advancements in your products or services a lot of times either right because Everything's perfect the way it is. I'm perfect the way I am, and everything's fine. And why would we change anything? Um, so this is a this is a good example. You know, like you said with the mechanical calculators. You know, people unwilling to adapt, um, but just specifically adapt their products, services, and approach. Um, you don't have to just like jump industries. We're not talking about like oh well, you know, Amazon's coming to eat your lunch, so just jump ship and run. But it's like if you were a brick and mortar store in the nineties and you said, Oh, well we're, we're doing just fine. The internet's a fad and, and we'll be, we don't have to go we'll to ride this way. We'll just ride this way and come out. By. Absolutely. And like, um, if you know, you're selling t-shirts and you're selling like, it's the nineties. I keep going back to the nineties. It's the nineties and you're selling dumb, offensive t-shirts to Spencer's and suddenly it's 2015 and everybody's like becoming a little more politically correct and feeling out that atmosphere. And you're still selling shirts that are like super derogatory to women. And you're like, ah, these, these wussy kids and their PC crap. And we don't need that. We'll just keep selling our, you know, we'll keep doing it. We're just going to last us for next 10 years. I mean, you know, people always like potty humor. Ha ha ha. I mean, Things have to change, and they have to adapt. Your products, your services, well, and your would, process. Well, and just to look at it in the sense of, let's simplify it. Um, everybody that's listening, you have to go buy groceries, right? That The idea of going to a supermarket stuff, that's actually a new idea. A hundred years ago, there were no supermarkets. Mm-hmm. This idea of there's 100,000 items in a local Walmart, that's the last 30, 40 years. That's not 
uh, old, new, right? So go take that route, but look at it in the sense of go look at a box of Kellogg's cornflakes. That product has been around for a hundred years, but you know what's been changing? The way it looks on the actual packaging, the way the brand has shown itself, and then just the process of actually developing that product. Mm-hmm. Like if you go look at their manufacturing facility now versus a hundred years ago, they've adapted. They've adapted the change and they have additional products for that adaptation. Like the idea of special K wasn't a thing in the twenties. Right. Kellogg's uh, cereal is a really good example. I, I heard a or saw maybe a brand uh, survey or like a, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, like a deep dive into their uh, brand at one point. And it's funny because the main thing that's changed about Kellogg's, yeah, I mean, is their offshoot products and, and special case stuff like that, but it's the way it was advertised. Mm-hmm. So like in the fifties and sixties, it was mainly like, you know, it was cornflakes is what you ate. You had them, you ate them. The seventies, you start getting a lot in the, I think probably in the eighties, you had a lot more sugary cereals. So they would, always every single time show sugar being put on Kellogg's, even though they had already introduced frosted flakes, right? Which is just corn flakes with sugar already on them. They showed um, the sugar being poured over them. Then in the nineties, health food craze starts kicking in mainstream. They start always advertising it with what? Fruit. Uh, Every time, every time complete breakfast. Yeah. a healthy part of a complete breakfast, right? But every time they'd be putting like strawberries in their cornflakes or something like that. Or a grapefruit cut over uh-huh, beside next it. Next to it, right? Always showing it with fruit. And nowadays, uh, well, I guess probably the next evolution was it's all like it's heart healthy, right? And now it's lifestyle. And now it's lifestyle. It's, it's like part of jogging, it's part of being healthy and exercising. It shows these like, you know, happy, exercise friendly people eating a bowl of cornflakes. I just came back from the gym and eat some cornflakes and move on. But imagine that if imagine if if they were still trying to sell cornflakes as yeah they're cornflakes everybody eats everybody eats cornflakes I mean it's just what you eat it's what your it's grandpa eats the ate, only thing you eat for ate. breakfast that you don't kill and make yourself yeah you just <laughs> eat it it's cornflakes and so what if they were just still putting bowls of cornflakes on commercials like they're delicious eat them I don't know what else to say nobody would buy them yeah I mean I'm sure that Kellogg isn't just that's not their number one selling product but. It just is all about being flexible and realizing that you have to change. Again, you don't become somebody like Kellogg's without adapting and changing. So this is not just advice on how to be a good, decent person and work. I mean, this is straight up like career advice that Michael and I feel very strongly about. And we've talked about it a lot. You have to adapt or die. And that's very common knowledge. And I think anybody could spout that off, but... If you've never been in that boardroom telling somebody, hey, this thing X is coming to eat our lunch, and they're looking back at you and saying, like, well, no, they're not. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, yes, they are. I don't know what to tell you. Like, we've been there, and we've seen that, and it's very, very painful uh, thing to watch. Yeah, so, and it kind of takes over your life a little bit because oh, yeah. you're trying to solve somebody else's problem. And they're not willing to solve it themselves. And then that <clears throat> essentially gets to the point where you're no longer um, able to just keep moving forward. And then you just get stuck in a rut and you can't think anymore at all. Yeah. Um, so one last 
thing with warning signs is that every and this ah, man, I know so many people like this, not even in a business sense. I just know so many people like this, that everything is a war and everything is us versus them. And everything is, you know, the world versus me. And it's all everybody's out to get me. And I'm just hashtag hustling my way through, you know, it's like, (laughs) which by the way, I love that we now have a third episode (laughs) that downplays Hashtag, hashtag hustle. hustle. <laughs> We're gonna have to make T-shirts that just say like. Actually, have hashtag hustle and it has a line. Yeah, just it. slash through it. <laughs> hey, if you would buy a work-life balance T-shirt that said hashtag hustle with a big red paint mark through it, uh, why don't you send us an email and Maybe say we would totally buy that? Call, like, um, like that's our new uh, not motto. What do you call it? Um, trademark. Yeah, that's our new trademark. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, listen, I'll seriously, I'll set up. A, if you guys want it, I'll set it up. We'll we'll make those we'll, shirts. We'll create a link and just say buy this. Yeah, <laughs> just a big support, probably support like, us. Buy I think like this. a nice white T-shirt hashtag hustle and block letters with like a dripping red paint through it, and then our little uh, infinity triangle above it. I think, that'd be, I think it'd be cool. Yeah, if you guys want them, we'll sell them. I might you know, just do it anyway. I might just do it for me. Just for fun. But that whole, like, the world versus me thing is so played out. It's so dumb. Everybody knows that that's not true. Even the, like, most hated person on Earth is still, like, not everybody on Earth hates you and wants you to fail. And the average bear, nobody cares about. You're just... Well, that's the other thing, like, uh, when this idea of the world versus me, the world doesn't even know you exist. Yeah. I love this line here. I'm going to quote another one. I love this line. It's from a song... Uh, by the White Stripes. And I don't know why this line sticks out to me so big. Um, it's called the uh, the Protector? Defender. One of those. And uh, But there's a line that says, Three, uh, 300 people living out in West Virginia have no idea of all these thoughts that lie within you. And I think that's so interesting. That's good. Right? Because you... When you get this big idea, when you're starting a company, when you're doing a thing, starting a podcast or a blog or a project of any kind, it becomes so all-encompassing to you that you think, surely, it's very important to everyone else in the world. And we've talked about that before. Um, But the fact is, like, no, the world's not out to get you. Nobody even cares about you or knows who you are. Like, your clients, half the time, they don't know who you are. They care about their own problems. They care about their problems and so again if you're this i only need me i'm going my own way kind of person or you work for one of those people they have a tendency to over aggrandize themselves i'm sorry that was my big vocabulary word for today i won't use another one this whole episode again over aggrandize what does that mean that means like to um aggrandizing yourself is like making yourself a bigger deal than you are and then over aggrandizing is like Becoming so encompassed and, and thinking that you are the most Im- important thing in the whole world, basically. I tell you, if you want a quick uh, tear apart on somebody that like that, tell them to go to a networking event Ooh. where nobody knows who they nobody are. Nobody knows you. And you're going to get the question, what, who are you? What do you do? Oh, I'm Michael Panic. I, I'm, I own the XYZ company. Oh, uh, okay. Never heard of it. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm. I know. I'm fanboying. Whatever. It was cool. I got to meet Alexis Ohanian. This is two episodes in a row that I mentioned it. It was really cool. I got to shake the man's hand. He's the mayor of the internet. It makes me very happy. But he said something uh, that I loved. He is married to Serena Williams, the tennis player. Um, and when they first met, 
this is so great. When they first met, she asked who he was, and he was like, I'm Alexis Ohanian. And I, uh, she was like, oh, what do you do? He's like, he knew, like, they were at a conference together or something, or she, he knew, she knew he was in town for, like, a tech thing. She's like, oh, so what is your deal? Like, do you, what do you do? And he was like, oh, I have uh, a website. Um, it's called Reddit. And she was like, oh, I've never heard of it. And this isn't, like, 20. 13 or something like reddit's been around for 20 a years. few years yeah i celebrated 20 years uh yeah reddit had been around for a few years at this point and <laughs> she was like oh, i've never heard of it and she immediately i love this too she immediately pulled out her phone and went to the app store to try to download it and back then reddit didn't have an app it was just web <laughs> oh wow <laughs> i thought that was the greatest story so again like it's all about humbling yourself a little bit you gotta be kind of humble right and Again, you know, if you think it's all about me and you're just chasing your thing and whatever, you're probably not very humble to begin with. And that, that but th- anybody who acts like the whole world is against them is that's a warning sign that that person is a little self-aggrandizing. Okay, guys, so we we've, we've gone through quite a few warning signs. Now here comes the part of the resolutions and we kind of touched on this first one briefly, but we did it in the sense of if they react harshly, but uh, the first resolution we have here is actually call them out on it. Yeah. Remind them that they don't, (laughs) they can't do it alone. Nope. I I mean, I don't ever want to be like, I don't want to advise people to, to do things that jeopardize their position, their job, whatever. Like sometimes you got to respect some hierarchy, but like, man, somebody comes up to you and, or somebody's like, if you're in a meeting and, um, let me paint a picture. You're in a meeting, and your boss is like, "Yeah, uh, everybody, you know, just wanted to say, like, you know, that was a close call the other day. Glad I was able to get that handled." And you know that you sat up till like two a.m. and did all the work, and they're straight up taking credit for it. You better stand up, literally stand up. Maybe even in your chair. Maybe even on the boardroom table. Whatever. What and are you, you elf? Yes, and you need to say, uh, "Yeah, we worked really hard on that, didn't we, Chief?" I mean. You got to don't do that. Um, you you got to call people out. You got to say, you know, hey, listen, you know, you're not I feel like you are not listening to my suggestions. I'd like to know why. That's a very like reasonable thing. OK, I actually would do that, you know, or say, you know, I'm worried. I'm concerned about I, I feel this way and just express your feelings uh, in a way that kind of explains to them, hey, uh, what you're doing is dumb. You know, if, if somebody's like. Uh, yeah, our products are great and they're going to last us 10 years or they will. And, you know, you've been sitting on them for six years and you're starting to lose. You might step up and say, hey, this is not working anymore. OK, and that's kind of the next resolution is bring in outside research on your industry. Uh, see what the response is. I mean, like, what are the best practices? What are the new approaches? And- like, hey, boss, uh, I'm seeing that a lot of people are doing this now. Or I've started. I've heard people talk about this. Um, should we take a look at this more closely and see if it's something we can apply to us? Or can I have a guy that uh, actually works with companies just like us uh, to help Big us one. grow? Would you be willing to just meet with them? I'm not saying do anything with it. Just just sit down, and have lunch with them, gauge the response. If it's like. No, I don't. I hate those type of people. They don't do anything for me. Now, Grant, there are some people out there that don't really do anything. They just spin their wheels. But if the, if the person's like, I just, there's no way, like, I don't need 
expertise. I don't need help. I don't care about what other people are doing. I only care about what I'm doing every single day and nothing else matters to me. That's a problem. It's a big problem. Because be concerned. I mean, yeah, you never want to get consumed by your competitors or in the sense of they you you try so hard just to emulate what they're doing. You never want to do that. You want to separate yourself, be different. That's fine. But if you're just openly ignoring the these massive signs of change and or potential like, hey, there's this new thing that's gonna completely change the way we do stuff for the better. It's gonna suck transitioning to it, but look how much better we're going to be at the end of it. And it's because some outside company has something that fixes a little process that we spend way too much time and effort on. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and so you can always, you know, talk to them and bring out – and then that's kind of like the, the worst-case scenario. Yeah, hopefully when you start to bring in some outside research, some experts, they'll start to understand on their own. Because, again, when you're dealing – this is kind of like our narcissist episode. When you're dealing with a person like this, the only person that's going to change them is them. So you're really fighting to make them see themselves for who they are. Again, if you're bringing outside resources, experts – um, opinions like that, and maybe they can slowly begin to respond to it and realize, oh, this thing that I was unsure about did work. You know, the second they take a chance and risk and realize it didn't work, well, you're going to get some people that say, yeah, see, I took this chance and it worked out great. I'm always right. But some people will say, huh, I doubted it and it worked. What other things do I doubt that might work? So outside advice, outside expertise, that's always and you a And good honestly, one. you're in a, you're in a good place if if the owner tries to have a weekly or monthly or quarterly meeting saying guys i want to hear your feedback on what we're doing and what you've heard out in the market like what uh, are y'all seeing something that we should be doing but we just aren't i'm completely open to any ideas as long as it makes sense and it can fit into what we're doing and not cause extra extra stress to do it let's take a look at it because i i know i i mean i'm in a company now that that's the mentality of like the owner is I don't have all the right answers and I'm surrounded my, myself with good people that are good at what they do. And I want to hear their input. I want to make adjustments just to be get better. Yeah. Every single time. Right. That's, and that's such a healthy, I hope that you're all in healthy collaborative environments like that because uh, a, your company's going to be good if you're doing that because collaboration drives success. 100% of the time. And you'll overcome bigger challenges faster. Much faster. So hope that uh, you're in that kind of world. And, um, yeah, I, I just highly recommend it. Just try to bring what you learn and what you know to the table. And that's the next thing. And this is one of the only times I'm ever going to, like, recommend working harder or smarter to correct a situation. But if just bring more value to what you do and be the innovator. If things are stagnant around you, um, sometimes you got to take the bull by the horns and and do something. Now, if you try something and then you get crazy reprimanded for it, eh, that's a good sign that you're in the wrong place. But um, example I love, I love the TV show Halt and Catch Fire, and it starts with uh, this character going into a an oil company and sort of gaming the system. I guess, uh, well, Cardiff is making electronics. This, but They started as an oil company. They became a boring electronics company in Texas, um, early 80s. And he goes in and games the system so that they basically have to start making personal computers. And so he, he does this whole, you know, it's very like 3D chess type of intricacy thing. But it's cool that this whole company 
turns around from being like a little small electronics company to being kind of on the forerunner of making personal computers. And it's actually based on the story of Compaq computers. Uh, Compaq started with a bunch of guys saying, we're going to take on IBM. And IBM owned the world. It'd be like today trying to say, we're going to take on Google. We're going to take on Apple. And they did. And they, they crushed them. But so there's there's success stories there where you, if you feel strongly enough about it, find the ways to introduce those things into your companies. And when there is success, you can show that boss owner whatever, hey, listen, I knew this was a good idea and it worked. You don't have to wait around for somebody's permission. But... Be careful that that person doesn't have such a big ego that when you do that and it works, they get mad because it worked. They get mad because it did one well, their idea and and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be careful. But I think there is room to work a little harder and be the innovator and show the people around you that your idea is is valid and works. Um, so those are three really good, I think, resolutions to dealing with somebody who feels like they've, you know, that they can do it on their own, that they're the only person they need. It's all about me. You got to show them, uh, in different ways that they can't do it alone. And the first one is, you know, kind of call them out, show them that they can't do it on their own. Then you probably need to try to bring in an expert outside research, somebody other than yourself. Bring in evidence. Bring in evidence, right. Uh, to prove like, this isn't just me talking. Then just me talking. And then the last step is try to do it yourself and, and prove physically and tangibly um, that there's something better and that they can't just do it on their own. Yep. Michael, why don't you give us our episode recap? All right. Yeah. And we, we blew through this episode, it feels like, but we had a lot of fun doing it. But no, issue. Total Reliance won't listen to anyone else. Warning signs. Chasing a solution to a non-existent problem. Examples are their business isn't. Something anyone needs, selling water at the sinking of the Titanic, which I still enjoy that visual there. Come get your water. Water, water, water get your water. Coldest in the ocean. A little salty. Uh, <laughs> no real progress at all. Uh, next, you have only losing money, not making money. Doesn't apply. You know, we talk about if you're starting a company, this is a little bit different, but this yeah. is like down the road type piece. They don't fail in their eyes. This is huge because mainly this is controlling everything that's going to happen because they'll ne- they make no wrong answer. It's always right. They're always right. Uh, abandon or cut out people who challenge them or their vision, no personal growth, same person for many years. So, and once again, on this one, everyone, every business, everything should be growing positively. If it's going the opposite or there's just stagnant growth, hundred percent, there is a problem. You should be better next year. Than this year, absolutely at something, something, something. whatever it is. Uh, no advances in product service since the beginning. This is the idea that we, this is the only way we do it. It's the only we're always going always going to do it this way. And I don't really care what you say. Our product will uh, withstand the test of time. That's not really always true. <laughs> Thanks Kellogg's for showing us that. Uh, everything's a war. The world versus me. All right, those are the warning resolutions, just like we talked about. Call them out on it. Bring in outside research and bring value to what you do. Be the innovator. Yeah. That's it. I think that's what we got. So thank you again for listening. Uh, Hey, this is episode number 11. You guys have made it pretty far with us if you've been listening from the beginning. And if you're just getting started, there's plenty more for you to go back and enjoy. Um, Hope that this all is enjoyable. I hope that you guys get as much out of it as we do. Um, clearly there's good response. It's been very positive and just want to, again, encourage everybody. If you got stories, if you got questions, if you got 
comments, whatever, email us, let us know. Let us know if you want a hashtag hustle t-shirt and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get them out there. But yeah, please email us at worklifeshow. Worklifebalanceshow at gmail.com. And you can also go to worklifebalanceshow.com. I don't think we've talked about that on the show yet. Um, a little simple website we spun up to give you some quick links to the series. So if you got a friend that wants to listen to it, tell them to go to worklifebalanceshow.com. Yeah, we gave all the links to all the different uh platforms mm-hmm. uh, the top ones at least spotify yeah. anchor google and apple podcasts and, and then a link to our email address yeah, as link, well so you can click on it email us send some information because like i said we're now actually getting people writing in asking specific questions not just scenarios they went through but like hey i'm doing this what should i do which is awesome. Yeah, we lo- and listen. If we don't feel qualified to answer a question, if we don't feel like we know the answer, we got people we can talk to, um, and we'll tell you. And we'll tell you. We'll be straight up, like, "Hey, listen, this is beyond us. We don't know. Let- we're gonna find somebody. We'll let you talk to Tess. Yeah, we'll pass you on to uh, Tess Brigham or, or anybody. We can find uh, somebody. We 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 will find somebody who can answer your question. So write in, talk to us. We love to hear from you, and uh, we're so glad you love hearing from us. But until next time, have a great week, have a lot of success, and find some balance. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work-Life Balance. If you have questions or stories you'd like to share, email us at worklifebalanceshow at gmail.com or call in on Anchor. We'd love to have you on the show.